And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this precious part of your Holy Bible. Lord, touch each of our individual hearts with whatever truth you especially want us to, to hear, to know, to experience, and to act upon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My friends, as I studied and reflected upon this beautiful portion of our Holy Bible, the first truth I want to share with you is this. Christmas reminds us that God has unexpected ways of taking us from where we are to where God wants us to be. Think about that for a moment. This truth came to my mind from the fact that the first five verses tell us that the Roman Emperor Augustus gave an order for a census to be taken throughout the Roman Empire. A census in the first century, as is the case today, was an official count or survey of the population. A Roman census was taken to help the government know which young men were old enough to go into the military, military conscription, and also to assist the government in knowing who needed to pay taxes. The Jews were not required to serve in the Roman army, but they did have to pay taxes just like you and me. Now, why? Why is this whole issue of the, the emperor ordering a census, why is it important to the birth of Jesus? Here's why. By giving the order or the decree by Emperor Augustus, as a result of that, Joseph and Mary had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem where Jesus was ultimately born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was the town prophesied for Jesus' birth. In the Bible, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it's prophesied, and this was about 700 to 750 years B.C., it was prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. God had even planned this event to happen more than 700 years earlier, that Jesus, the Son of God, would be born in Bethlehem. Think about it. And now a Roman government law was forcing Joseph and Mary to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem where the Savior would be born. There's a little bit of humor. Try and think about it with me. There's a little bit of hidden humor which I hope some of you will catch. Here's the humor. Roman Emperor Augustus thought of himself and the people thought of him as a god who was so great, so mighty. The emperor thought 
He was the Almighty who, who held the world in His hand. Here's the humor. It's as if God Almighty, it's as if God Almighty was holding Emperor Augustus in His hand and said to him, issue an order, a decree that will require Joseph and Mary to travel to Bethlehem. Why? Because Bethlehem is where I want my son Jesus to be born. The Roman emperor who thought he had the world in his hand is actually a puppet in the hand of God. Do you see the hidden humor? Yes? Amen. Amen. God used the emperor to take Joseph and Mary to where he wanted them to be for the birth of Jesus. And that leads me to say, my friends, God has unexpected ways of taking us from where we are to where God wants us to be. There will be times in your life, there will be times, for example, when life makes sense to you and you understand what God is doing. But there will be other times when you can't help but say things like, you know, God, I applied to that college or university but didn't get accepted even, even though I had great marks. Lord, what's happening? What's happening, God? And could it be that God is taking you from where you think you want to be to where God ultimately wants you to be? Do you hear it? Other times, other times, you might apply for a certain job and you know you have the qualifications and education, but you, you don't get the job. Is it possible? Is it possible that God is, is opening and closing doors to ultimately take you to where he wants you to be? Or if you are single, Perhaps you met a man or a woman that you thought might be your future wife or husband only to have him or her drop you. <laughs> I, I'm not sure why you find that so funny. I don't know. While you're laughing, I'll, I'll take a drink. <laughs> of water. <laughs> this girl in grade 13 dropped me. <laughs> She's regretted it ever since. <laughs> and then Cindy picked me up. <laughs> <laughs> could it be that could it be a, that God is redirecting you to someone more suitable for you? <laughs> you know, God has unexpected ways 
of taking us from where we are to where God wants us to be. And by the way, sometimes when God is taking us from where we are to where he wants us to be, it can be a challenging and difficult journey. Think about it. Joseph and Mary traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It is about 70 miles or 112 kilometers between the two towns, if you look at it on the map. Now, that doesn't sound like a huge distance, does it? Doesn't sound like a big distance to travel, but in Joseph and Mary's day, it would have taken them four to seven days on foot and donkey to travel. How many of you, how many of you wonderful ladies would be eager to travel four to seven days, nine months pregnant, on hot and dusty roads, through portions of the desert with potential robbers along the way. Sometimes when God is taking us to where he wants us to be, it can be a challenging and difficult journey. Persevere. Persevere. Amen? There's a second truth I want to share with you, and it is this. Read it out loud with me from the big screen. Christmas reminds us that even when we are doing God's will, we are not guaranteed comfort and convenience. This truth comes from verse 7 where we read, She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That's a New Living Translation from the Greek. The King James Version that some of you would be more familiar with reads as follows. Why don't we read it together in unison? And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Think about it. Joseph and Mary were in the center of God's will. They were in the center. Joseph did all that the angel told him to do. Mary did what she was told to do. You would have thought, you would have thought that when Joseph and Mary arrived in Bethlehem, someone would have provided them with a, a nice home or at least, least three-star hotel accommodation, perhaps something like a, a travel lodge or a comfort inn or a holiday inn or Best Western or Quality Inn or Guyanese Inn. <laughs> right? Verse 7, however, says, she laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Many or most of you probably know that a manger was, was a, a, basically a, a feeding trough, a feeding trough in a stable where animals were kept. And in that first century, stables were often uh, caves with feeding troughs carved into the rock walls. I wonder, I wonder if uh, Joseph and Mary maybe said, Lord, Lord, you know, I've been carrying out, we've been carrying out your will. Why, why couldn't we find shelter better than in a stable with these smelly animals? What is interesting to me, and I never really thought about this until preparing for this message, what is interesting for me 
is that the Bible does not record anything about Mary and Joseph complaining. Have you ever thought about that? And the Bible is always so honest about people's reactions, and yet uh, when I read this and other gospel narratives, I, I don't hear Joseph and Mary complaining. I mean, there were times they asked questions of the Lord, but I don't see them whining. My friends, this past year, some of you, some of you, many of you were living out God's will, and perhaps you felt like saying, you know, God, I'm being obedient. So why aren't things going better? I'm being obedient, just like Joseph and Mary. Why, Lord, why, why am I in a manger instead of in a mansion? Right? The commentator in the Life Applications Study Bible, New Living Translation, which I usually use, says this. He says, when we do God's will, we are not guaranteed comfort and convenience, but we are promised that everything, even discomfort and inconvenience, has meaning in God's plan. The Lord will guide you and provide all you need. Like Joseph, live each day by faith, trusting that God is in charge. Amen. And here's a third beautiful reminder from Christmas, number three. Christmas is a reminder that you and I can have joy. We discover this from verses 8, 8 through 12, uh, as, uh, as the, angel, the angel came upon the shepherds, and uh, verse, verses 10 and 11 say, let's just read it in unison together, shall we? The angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Amen. The angel had previously said to Joseph what name the Savior should be given. Matthew 1, 21 says, You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. My friends, you and I can have joy because Jesus came, born in a manger, to save you and me from the consequences of our sins. The first song in our church choir's Christmas production today beautifully captures what the angel said to the shepherds and to you and me. The, the choir will sing, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and, and, heaven and nature sing. And then it goes on and says, Shout for joy, for the Son of God is the saving one. Shout for joy, he's the saving one. Shout for joy, see what love has done. He has come for us, he's the saving one. 
Amen? And so as the choir sings, if as yet you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus as your personal Savior, then may it be that today, today you will trust in Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, and that you will leave here today filled with joy, knowing that your sins are forgiven, knowing you are, you are adopted into the family of God, knowing that Jesus by his Spirit has come into your heart, knowing that your eternal home is in heaven with Jesus. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. And those of you in the sanctuary here will hear the full production. Radio listeners, you will hear a brief excerpt from our choir. But here we are, my friends, these three truths that I leave with you today. Number one, Christmas. Read it with me, would you? Christmas reminds us that God has unexpected ways of taking us from where we are to where God wants us to be. Number two, Christmas reminds us that even when we are doing God's will, we are not guaranteed comfort and convenience. And number three, Christmas is a reminder that you and I can have joy. Let's stand and rejoice in the Lord as the choir comes. Praise God. Amen and amen. <laughs>